welcome back to Old Melissa. We're your hosts, Sarah, Kelly, Amanda, and Maddie. Sit back, relax, pour a cup of Milo, and join us in our discussion today. A little disclaimer. Topics that we will be discussing today may trigger and affect listeners. If so, please do not hesitate to stop listening. If help and guidance is needed, please reach out for help. You may DM us at Instagram or email us at milo.oclock at gmail.com. So last episode, uh, we talked about uh, some of traumas and stigma and we were actually sharing um, our personal experiences. Um, so this episode, uh, we will be discussing about how we dealt and what were our coping mechanisms. Uh, I'll just start by asking, um, we've talked about how the first, the hardest step is always um, admitting that you need help. Uh, that's what everyone, uh, that's what like, you know, generally what we thought, but was that the hardest part for you uh, when you were dealing with mental health? I would say a part of it. Okay, that that's one thing, like, mm. just like, oh, it's probably just, you know, again, I, I told you, it was like, oh, it's probably just homesick. I'll probably get be okay in like a couple mm. days or so. Mm. That's one thing that was hard. The other hard thing would be recovery. Because mm. when you at your lowest point in life, you were just like, yep, I'm done. You know, you're right. like, I'm done. I'm, I'm just mm. going to be here at the bottom. I'm just like, you just want to give up. You just, mm. yeah. But taking mm-hmm. that step to just, be better was really hard just to just you know take a step forward that that was mm-hmm. super hard because you're just like at that point because you're just like what's the point you know you have mm-hmm. you have a feel you have that thought which is like what's the point of moving on what's the point I, I'm, I'm okay here I'm I'm I'll be right here but the fact that um, you keep trying to push yourself to mm-hmm. ignore those words and try to, mm-hmm. to feel better it was one of the hardest thing right i agree yeah yeah i feel like um before like taking the first step it's mm. it's the it's also the initial phase of the of like going through that strange feeling like it's mm. it's it's a new new kind of emotions that you you you're not but you're not you don't know about mm. so it's like when I think it's the same for almost everyone when you're faced with something new and something strange. Mm-hmm. It, it will catch you off guard. You'll be like, what, what is this? Right. And then it, yeah. And it's the process of like trying to figure out what that is. It's one of the mm-hmm. hardest, one of the hardest part when you face, like when facing mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think another hardest part is to identify the differences between um, if it's actually a mental health issue or if mm. you are um, just being let down or if you're just upset and sad for the day, mm. you know? Yeah, like, true. That's the hardest part. Like, mm-hmm. for example, so uh, for me at least, like sometimes I would feel really, really depressed. Like I would just stay in bed for the entire day, not doing anything, mm. not feeling motivated or something. And then I would just be like, is this just because my period is coming soon? Or is this mm. just like a phase? I would just 
simply ignore the fact that this could be potentially mm -hmm. a mental health illness, you know. Mm. Yeah. I like how uh, you mentioned about, you know, is this just a phase? Because I feel like um, that was me. Uh, like, you mm. know, I was just like, um, when I was experiencing it, I was like, oh no, it's just today. Oh no, it's just right. a phase. Because I yeah, was like, yeah. and I've, I've never been like this. So mm. yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think... I'm. Uh, this is this is unfamiliar zone, right? So I'm like, yeah, I don't, I yeah, don't people... think um, this is anything that's permanent. You know, I'm fine, and yeah, I just dismissing it. You just yeah. dismissing it. Yeah, yeah, you're just like denying it, right? I think um that that uh that was um you know identifying uh what was wrong was uh, an issue for me mm. too. So like eventually, like you know, we figured out what were our um, issues or traumas behind right. it. How did you try to face that issue and uh, overcome that feeling, uh, whatever feeling that you were having? I feel like, uh, well, at least for me, I, mm -hmm. I actually didn't have a very good solution in terms of like overcoming that feeling because I didn't even start looking for professional help until earlier this right. year. Uh -huh. So, yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Perhaps you credit to you. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> it took a while, but you're welcome. Yeah. Um. When I was younger, when I was in my teenage years, how I faced the issues was like through clubbing, drinking, and mm. then uh, smoking shisha and all that. That's mm. how I felt like I was living, you know, and mm. I felt like um. This is a whole new community community that um, mm. that may accept who I am and who mm -hmm. might be as crazy as I was, you know. Mm. And that was such a bad solution. So please don't try that one out. Mm. <laughs> and then, and then, thankfully, I moved on. Like I moved to a completely different new country. Like I moved back to Malaysia, and then mm. I moved to a new school and all that. And then. Um, I think how I get out of that whole really rebellious phase was because mm. of my then boyfriend, like my ex-boyfriend. And because mm. of him, I wanted to be a better self. And I think that's really mm. important to have a goal or to have someone that you look up to and or, or someone that motivates you. And that's really important. And I, I, I don't think he's even aware that how big of an impact he has made on me. That's a better solution than drinking. So kids, remember. <laughs> but but actually, right, I mean, mm. uh, talking about it, actually, like, um, I've been reading about it, you know, um, how some people have issues with addiction and mm. um, even, like, you know, this book I was reading that I mentioned, uh, Lost Connections, this book talks about how um, some of the people that, uh, they, they actually did uh, research on it that, a lot of the people who were uh, morbidly obese, um, they actually had traumas associated with it. And like um, that was their coping me mechanism actually to uh, get themselves uh, that way uh, so that their, a lot of it was actually uh, sexual assault related. So this way they won't be seen by the people. They will be dismissed off. So this was like their coping mechanism, you know. So... Um, just saying that there are um, ways that 
that we cope that actually affects us further negatively. And so here we are just trying to find, you know, what would work, right? We don't want we don't want to go to uh, resort to like some people resort to alcoholism or things like that. So, but yeah, um, I think like um, for me, um, for a while, my coping mechanism, like I, I had like a negative coping mechanism too for a while. I was um, trying to, I just felt better if I was just on my own. I was, mm. uh, I was like um, trying to, in a way, just um, ignore my boyfriend too because I was just like, oh, I don't want to deal with people at all. So I, you know, I was just like trying to push for us to not be together or things like that because mm-hmm. I, I just felt like I will disappoint people. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that was like how it was for me. And, um, and for me, another negative coping mechanism for me is... Um, instead of like binge eating, I actually kind of like starve myself. Like I will lose appetite. Yeah. And definitely. yeah, I will lose appetite and I can't, I, I, I just don't find the joy in consuming food like that. So, yeah. um, I mean, uh, eventually I kind of like, you know, uh, loved exercising and going to the gym. So I, I went to that and then, um, I guess I just, um, you know, try to uh, actively try to find other coping mechanisms, <laughs> you know. But at least you're trying. That's that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, that that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess right. I'm the same way with uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. um, I I I first I I've been always like active since young, but. Since I I started uni, I don't really work out because mm. like uh, going to the gym is gives me anxiety because of like yes. new environment and no no one no one I know is there and I I feel uh. like whenever I enter the gym everyone's like staring at me even though they're not yep. because yeah. everyone there is like so so well built right you're like yeah. <laughs> yeah you look like an amateur there yeah that's one of the reasons why I wasn't active back then and then mm. at first most most of the time when I was I was not well back then, most of mm. the time the the emotion I felt was emptiness. Mm. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's very hard to describe how that feels, but most but it mainly feels like when like there's there's no purpose in my life. Like I feel like I just wake mm. up, study, mm. and then yep. that's it. And yep. I yeah. So back then when I was feeling that way, I <laughs> I sleep a lot I just like uh, I thought like yeah just sleeping it off like tomorrow will be a better day tomorrow I wake up mm. maybe I'll, I'll have a, a reason to like wake up so like whenever mm. I feel yeah when I, I'll just like sleep a lot until like one day I was like okay maybe I should just try try going to the gym and see how I feel mm. and then yeah and then I, I felt better then that, that's when I like started like being active again so that's one of the ways mm. I cope. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine for, is, oh, sorry. Go, you go ahead. <laughs> for me, like in terms of coping mechanism, like I changed the way I think. Mm. It makes it makes a weird. It makes different sense. Like, because again, um, instead of 
telling myself like why why am I feeling this way why instead of answering the question why and I, mm-hmm. I try to answer the question of how am I gonna how I'm gonna work this out like it's, it's mostly a lot of talking to myself for sure but mm. it's again I try to talk and try to see like how am I how am I gonna how am I gonna get through this how am I okay like if I'm down about if I'm like again if I'm getting very tired or like getting like no work done I'll, I'll try mm-hmm. to tell myself be like okay how am I gonna manage at least getting some part done mm. uh, it's a struggle a lot it's a lot of struggle <laughs> but um by the end of the day I know that I know what are my strengths and what are my uh, and what are my weaknesses mm-hmm. especially when studying especially focusing Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to work that out because again, um, I w- my oh, my psychologist told me like view it as a friend who who is berating you like literally, literally a toxic friend for sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's what I meant by like talking to yourself like instead of asking instead of like letting it just bashing ar- you around try to find a solution. Mm-hmm with it right. Right but, but also um yeah also right like actually like uh, what we discussed a lot of our issues they have uh, like a deep set trauma behind it sometimes um mm-hmm. so like um it's just not as easy to uh, look back at that and then you know try to yeah uh, yeah to yeah. it right yeah that's, that's why if you just like pretend it's not there <laughs> yeah uh, that's why it's not it's not gonna work with everyone right yeah that's why copying mechanism mechanism for different people are mm-hmm. very okay. different yeah, yeah. some might work that's why that's why like when you when you talk to a doctor they're probably gonna rec- recommend you like a few stuff and then check back on you mm-hmm. and see if you if that works if that doesn't work they try to move on with something mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. Um, a lot yeah. of my yeah uh, a lot of my um problems are related to um the illness i have right mm. so um so that's like, one um, way to overcome it so like uh what we shared right so like what 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 are the coping mechanisms that you know like you guys think that we can rec- recommend that you know maybe you tried and it didn't work you know or you know it might help someone else right if not us one thing that someone uh, like the doctor told me was um it's something called like uh what do you call it i forgot what it's called like like um like try to keep it a promise like make it a promise with someone like, have someone else to keep you on track and to keep you accountable cuz cuz that makes you feel that oh no it's my responsibility at least you feel validated to like do something you know to complete that test so you don't let the other people down right right uh... That's one it involves thing. involves someone to like keep uh to to keep an eye on you in a way, right? 
not necessarily keep an eye, but try to keep mm. like, like somewhat keep you on track so you don't spiral. Uh, okay. Um, like it's not example, gonna work. Yeah, sorry. Like you were saying. Can I say like for example, um, if you make a promise to me saying that mm -hmm. you will write an article mm. by end of next week then mm -hmm. it will make you feel like you have the responsibility to actually write that article by mm. end of next week that kind of thing or yeah somehow somewhat like that like mm. it does not need to be like it does not need to be like to an extreme point where like oh, oh you just need someone sometimes you just need someone to go through it with you instead of going right. alone right yeah yeah to know that someone's just beside you and be like even though they're not physically there, but to know that mm. someone has like, okay, I'll support you. Let's go. Let's do it. At least mm -hmm. you know you, you, mm. you can bring yourself to do it. Mm. Okay. Mm. But, but you know, in this case, we should also make sure that it's not contributing to more anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. That's, that's, why, that's why I'd say it's mostly, mostly like feeling like someone's next mm. to you rather than you have to do it right, right kind right. of like how how um you know um, maddie's uh, ex-boyfriend was like a like a support for her right Emotional yeah I, I would i would say kind of like that but um mm. but the other party needs to be aware <laughs> what it yeah. is oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else? Um, I have one. Like, uh huh. Uh, I think this one. Uh, my psychologist tried it out with me, and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. It actually, she said that if this one works, then it works really fast and gracefully, and mm -hmm. if it doesn't, then it really backfires on you. And apparently, oh. it didn't work on me. I don't know if mm -hmm. you guys have watched like it's okay not to be okay, the Korean drama. Uh -huh. Yeah, and there was a scene where um the female lead or mm -hmm. the male lead, she he placed the female lead's hands on her shoulder and just started tapping, right? Uh huh. Um, yeah. It's it's okay. kind of it's similar to that. But then what my psychologist did with me is that um she tried to ask she asked me to identify different situations when I was kid where I was very very distressed and anxious mm -hmm. and very disturbed and mm -hmm. then she got a few buzzwords or keywords mm -hmm. then as she said those keywords I would have to um, tap on um, myself like for example my elbow my face my chest uh, and all that and then I would okay. just repeat after her mm -hmm. and then I I was I am supposed to start letting go of those distress and disturb as mm. I repeat those words and as I tap myself but then mm. it didn't work on me because mm. um, when um, she started repeating those words it actually brought mm. back a lot more memories mm. and a lot more disturbedness and distresses instead mm. of letting go it backfired mm. on me so that didn't mm. work but probably um, some other people can try with their counselors or psychologists mm. too yeah mm. And also um, one of the basic mm -hmm. ways to cope, I think a lot of like counselors, they usually would first recommend journaling. 
Mm, ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't it work down, on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember the yeah. that asking a journal. Then I thought, oh, I've tried for years. <laughs> it usually just, <laughs> just, I just do it for days. And then I'm oh. like, oh, I give so up. you're just no. like over it. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I have to think back the whole day of what, how I feel and what I felt is like mm. so much. Like it's, it's so overwhelming and, and like so tiring. It's exhausting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I just don't do it. Okay, yeah, yeah. My my problem with with that was that I hated my handwriting. <laughs> oh no! Wow, use the phone app. I so I was like, and then I was like, I was like, oh, I hated my own handwriting. I kept on erasing it, tearing out the page, and rewriting it. And I was like, this is useless. <laughs> There's like a lot of journaling apps now. I don't know some of them might require you to pay like certain fees, but there's a lot. That are free, and then mm-hmm. um, usually they would have questions like question of the day, and then you just answer that question, and that's it. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like guided journals, like so you don't have to actually ah. like think try and, and stress uh, yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, for me, uh, one of the coping mechanism um, that worked. For me, was um so our uni they usually have like a puppy uh week. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they have so what? They, Sorry, the they, puppy week. Um, uh, they, yeah. Uh. So they they'll bring the puppies uh, for like oh, a week we, and oh, on oh, I Friday. love those. Yeah. Love those. Um, so I I I was going there a lot, especially because like you know I I guess. You know, I, I kind of like wanted to be held and hugged, you know, but I was just like, I didn't want it from human. <laughs> so I went Animals to Animals are way to go. Animals yeah. are always the way to go. And and I remember like this one golden retriever kept coming uh-uh. to me and I was Aww. like, oh my God, I'm so in love. And I remember <laughs> I, I, I felt like, quite like overwhelmed and I was gonna start crying but I was like nope don't but basically they were they were like emotional support uh dogs yeah, were, yeah. you know they're, supposed they're to trained. yeah supposed to like um help Let you out your emotions. yeah so until now I feel like that is uh something that I think would really help me um, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know having a pet is not uh, it's not something that should be taken very lightly because it's it's a huge another life yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's a responsibility too so I've I mean I've been wanting to adopt a dog and uh, but I I need it's it's like you know getting a kid you know this this person this living uh, living thing is gonna be yeah. Uh, relying on us right so I've been like you know trying to mentally prepare myself and um, so that's something that I'm looking forward to Uh, so I know that Sarah got a pet uh, too right yes I do Uh I have a pet in Chilla (laughs) her name's Monka she's 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 getting there she's she's getting there (laughs) Um, uh-huh. Again, um, when I got her, I think her previous owner was not the greatest one up there because mm. she was a bit timid and didn't even want to come out and all that. But now she's mm. now she's curious. She, I mean, <laughs> back when we were all 
living in the same house remember how uh, how she mm. she would go out and about yeah uh, yeah yeah but now i mean now because Not of anymore. the situation um, the situation that we are in like there's barely any people to to be in contact with right Mm. she's not handling I mean she handled it pretty well I mean she still she she likes the cat she likes she, she's curious about everything but, mm. but it's a process mm. right we'll get yeah. this we'll get this even part. even pets have mental health issues too let alone human beings when <laughs> we have to deal with so yeah. many different problems <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly mm. like um Um, I mean, uh, we, like, which is why you know you should be, you should really think about it when you are mm. planning And to start get, taking care uh-huh. of yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's not uh, it's not a coping mechanism that you know you can try and then just be like, okay, it's mm. not working for me, and just let it go because you can traumatize the animal uh, correct, correct. in the yeah. in the process, right? Yeah, but I feel like mm. Mocha did help me a lot. Because he she kind of get me in, into a routine mm. going on. Because mm. like we hear like be like oh and she needs food and then you think back to yourself and you're like oh I need food. <laughs> right. A very good reminder for you. Yeah, and then like she she said she kind of sets the routine because um I, I'm very bad with routine. But then I'll mm. be like oh I need to clean her cage and then I have to clean her cage. Mm. so mm. it it's kind of makes me fell fall into a routine kind of way mm. where for me personally I don't do routines at all she's mm. she's the one who's keeping you accountable yeah she's the one who's keeping me accountable not the other way around <laughs> <laughs> okay um so next Uh, we're gonna talk about like you know um you know uh we've all tried things that didn't work uh mm. we tried things that worked but um sometimes you still find it hard to cope if you feel that if yes why if no then how <laughs> I'll I'll start uh, with something first um so like for me I've been trying to get over um uh how my parents raised us. Um, I think it hits me harder than some of my other siblings. Like for mm-hmm. them, yeah, it's easy for them to be like, you know, that's just how our parents are. But for me, I'm like, but they need to be taken accountable for, you know, because mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. our parents. So, um, I mean, uh, it's it's like I've been reading on some books that you know try to help you with um, dealing with uh, uh, sort of like emotionally unavailable parents, things like that. And a lot of it revolves around, you know, moving on and um, forgiving them because they've had their traumas that affected uh, how they raised us. And I understand right. that. So, I've I've tried um, uh, bringing up the bringing up how uh, we felt growing up. And um, when when I did try that, I was so gaslighted in a way that, you know, what trauma did you have as a kid? like that so right. <laughs> I was like okay that didn't work because I mean you know just being dismissed off uh, and I realized um, basically you know with my parents I I will never be able to talk to them about what um, about how we were raised up so it's it's something that didn't work 
And until now, it's still bothering me and I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with it on my own when I know that they, uh, they have dismissed being, account- uh, being accountable for it. I think it's I, okay to, uh-huh. to, to, to like feel lost or to feel like you're unable to cope with what's happening with your emotions. I feel like that is mm-hmm. very, very valid. Like if mm-hmm. you are successful in every single thing you do, then I feel there, there, it's not a roller coaster ride anymore and it's not alive mm-hmm. anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like it's very fair to feel that way, but you just need time. And I just mm-hmm. want to share something with you because I start reading like um, mm-hmm. Tao Te Ching by um, Lao Tzu, like uh, ah. an ancient Chinese philosopher. Mm-hmm. And then a um, very important thing that he said was that um, when you start holding on to something mm-hmm. in a world that's constantly changing, that's mm-hmm. when you start to indict pain on yourself. This is just like a message that I saw through uh-huh. through his like um, philosophies and all that, and, and yeah. I feel like it's very important to to let go, even though it's very hard and even though mm. it takes a lot of time and effort. So, so for me, is mm. uh, some like I'm still trying to find a way or or a solution to cope with my anxiety to speak. To the public, like I didn't share this mm. in the previous episode. It was actually oh, a traumatic yeah. childhood, um, event that happened that made me like this today. It's when, mm. uh, I think I was six when I was uh in the last year of kindergarten, and mm. I was chosen to speak for the for our um senior concert. Like we have this concert mm. for the like the final group of, not final, like a senior group of kindergartners. Like, yeah, you get what I mean? <laughs> mm. um, so, so I was chosen to speak, to, to give a speech. And like, I was really confident. I didn't have like, I, I think as a child, when you're a kid, you, you don't really have like that kind of fear of like people judging you. But yeah. uh, something happened. Yep. Yeah. But but before I had to, I had to speak my, the, what's that called? The graduation hat, what's that called? The uh, um, um that that I forgot what's the name called, but the hat I was when uh-huh. I was bowing down, and then it dropped, and the whole hall just like literally laughed at me. Like I remember, like <gasps> literally, they just no. laughed at me. Like I was just a six year six year old kid. Imagine like the whole oh, hall laughing no. at you for like to me it was a mistake. To to them, it, it maybe it seemed like oh oh the the girl is so cute. Like her mistake is so uh, cute. But, maybe uh, yeah. But, yeah, maybe maybe that's what they think. But to me, it's like, uh-huh. oh, I, I made a mistake and, and they just I made a fool out of myself. So since yeah. then, I feel like whenever I speak in public, everyone uh-huh. is judging me. Like everyone's waiting to like laugh at my mistakes. So that's uh-huh. one of the causes that make me like so anxious whenever I have to speak. So like for years, I've been trying to like find ways to to overcome that. But mm. it's yeah, I still don't I still don't have a solution to that yet. I feel like. Mm. There, there are times that when I speak in public, I okay. I like run away from it. <laughs> like I remember one time in high school, I had to give a speech, um, and then I just like we have to give like this elevator speech. I hate elevator speeches. Uh... Yeah, and then when when it was my turn, I just like it like we were giving two minutes, and then I remember mm. I just said something like I I just introduced my, myself, and then mm. I then. This is a very common thing that I like to say whenever I just say that. I'll start mm-hmm. off with like, 
um, my name is Amanda and and mm-hmm. actually I'm I'm quite shy so uh so like I always say I always tell people that I'm shy to like to to like inform them that I'm not a good speaker uh, but whenever yeah, I say yeah. that then I'll start like um like I'll like I'll start panicking and then I'll cry every time and then oh. <laughs> I remember the second year in uni I have to give like uh I cause I took this business class and then mm-hmm. we have to give like um we have to give this um presentation like as uh what's it called individual presentation. Uh-huh. I remember uh-huh. like for days I was so anxious and I was like okay this is the day that I should overcome it, but then yeah, guess yeah. what at the end of the day I I skipped that class because <laughs> the presentation was only ten percent. Now I thought like okay no, I'll just work for that. I don't need that ten percent now. So I didn't do that presentation at all, you know. And yeah. then I actually, but but the professor was very nice. That he he was like, if if you have a problem like doing that presentation, email him and like he'll find a way. And he actually like gave me another like chance to like present it to him uh-huh. only, not not uh-huh. not the class. But then oh, I'm like, I was thinking for days. I was like, no, I don't think I can do this. I'll just rather lose that ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't do that presentation at all. So until today, I still have yeah. What if you try like going to different, like, cause right now when we're doing this podcast, right, we all know each other, so it's very comfortable for us to like speak up and all that. Mm-hmm. What if you try like joining different groups, and then you would have to like share your stories or your experiences in that? Would you be comfortable doing that, or would you also feel nervous and anxious? Yeah, I think I'll feel that way. Like. Mm. Our friend, like, oh, we have our friend, our mutual friend, Jade. Uh-huh. Hasn't she been, like, trying to invite us to this, um, our yeah, uni the, club, yeah, that, that, yeah. that open discussion group? Mm. Like, oh, I, no, yeah, it, yeah, that one. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, like, I always wanted to join, but, I mean, one of the reasons is because I have to work, but the other reason is, like, she, she keeps telling us that we don't have to talk, but then I'm like, mm-hmm. um, this is just, like, tiny fear mm. inside of me like what if the host suddenly like calls you yeah. Calls you yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Like, and I have a few classes that a lot of uni classes they always like give participation points like oh, 5% oh, or 10% yeah. classes, yeah. if the classes are small right yeah and I do not agree time, with that you're saying oh, I really, yeah I really hate that yeah. and then one time one time I was like that that uh-huh. one time I was also like telling myself, okay, maybe th- today is the day that that <laughs> will be the day I I overcome this fear, and I tell that uh-huh. to myself every week, you know, from the first <laughs> day of class to the last day of class, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, do I get what you mean. You get like lightheaded, and then you start yeah, sweating, like your palms start sweating. Yeah. <laughs> like at first, I I thought I have ideas. Then whenever like okay, I should raise my hand now. But then like, I keep hearing other people's like opinions. I feel like okay, maybe my uh-uh. opinion isn't that great after all. Yeah. I just shouldn't speak. Yeah. yeah. And then you have to like recite what you are gonna say like several times before in you your head, right? right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I understand that, but I mean I don't think for me it's it's as bad as Amanda at all. Mm. Like I've never had to skip presentations or anything. Like for me, <laughs> don't skip it, like, presentation, me, <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. Fully, we'll find a way to help you out. That's we true. So. I mean, I mean that that's such a traumatizing thing, though. Like being laughed yeah. at. Uh,
I just want to share another coping mechanism that is very, very common among people, even those um, who might not have mental health illnesses. Like we tend to um, vent to people who are closest to us, like whether it's our friends, our parents, or like our colleagues, and then or or someone else. Like we tend to let it out. You know, like when we reach a certain point, then we will vent it out. And mm. I feel like that has been helping a lot of people. Like keeping mm. yourself is so, so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to explode, mm. that's when you know that, you know, oh, this, this is fuck. Like we're shit. We're doomed. Like that kind. Yeah. So mm. I feel yeah. like it's very important to let it out but I also just want to point out this is something that I saw on like a Chinese TV show um Mm. it's something like when you vent all your negativities to the people who are closer to you you Mm. also have to be aware of how these negativities are impacting them Mm. like for example I have a friend um uh whenever she's like stressed or something then she would start like texting us like uh-huh. texting me and then and then, um she would sometimes call us or something like that mm-hmm. and then for the longest time ever um I would always feel like why are you calling me like mm. we're both equally like stressed out you know I, I wasn't realizing I wasn't noticing how much of a bad impact that her events are making on me like I was also Uh feeling um very stressed because of what she was saying and what she was Uh venting out Uh so yeah Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's very important to like strike a balance in terms of Mm -hmm. um if your other friend would be okay Mm -hmm. with you Mm -hmm. letting out that point I I guess I I find Uh I find that it all depends, right? Because mm. it, it all depends on like sometimes, sometimes, sometimes people can't dissociate. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, for correct. me, for me, I don't mind people vent out because I'm like, mm. oh, it's okay. I it's fine. Like, I don't feel that that's a burden on me. Mm. Like, I'll try to hold yeah. out, help out, but I don't, I don't feel like it's a problem to me. So I was like, like I'm fine with people venting out. Like, I know, Mm-mm. I understand. It's it's different from everyone. Like it's a problem but like I know for myself for the fact that it's a problem that I can't help that's why you're venting out yeah yeah but I mean like I've I've been in this situation where I was basically like an emotional punching bag like an Mm. emotional dump but um I mean it's like what Maddie's saying right if that person has that mental capability to take it in and not affect them, then it's yep. fine. Um, and yep. I was able to do it uh, for some time until I felt like there was an expectation on me um, uh, to solve the issues. You know, not just be an emotional dumb, but also um, actively uh, help that person and all. Yeah, so that's when yeah. it started taking a toll on me. Like, Look for mm, professional help if needed. Maybe, if you feel, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah, 
something mm. to know because I feel like a lot of times on social media or like on advices and um, recommendations, they, they're always like, oh, go talk to a friend, like talk mm. to your friend, talk to your parents and all that. But they never said that. Yeah, just not, not even be aware, but just make sure mm. that they are okay with you doing, talking to them mm. too. Because the person that you are venting out on, they are also human beings. They also have their mental well-beings and mental health. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they probably also have their own problems to deal with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, we've talked a lot in this episode. We've talked about some how we dealt with our own mental health um, problems, whether it was like a good solution or if it's not. If it's not a good solution, please do not follow it. Please do not allow yourself to um, take it as an advice. Um, Please go look for professional help. Uh, We also talked about some of the coping mechanisms that we have tried, whether it it was recommended by a professional um, healthcare provider or if it's just our own method. And then we've talked about how good these coping mechanisms were or how much of an impact it has made on us and as usual these are just our personal experiences these are just methods that may have worked on us or may have not worked on us and it might have an opposite effect on you so please do be aware of that and if anything you can always reach out to us on our instagram at milo.oclock or you can email us at milo.clock at gmail.com and then we can redirect you to some of the resources that we have or are available around um, this country. And with that, um, we are just about to finish up our cup of Milo. And thank you so much for listening to this episode and the past few episodes on mental health. Uh, It has been a very, very heavy journey. Uh, There's a lot of triggers, a lot of disclaimers included. Um, So we thank you for staying put with us through this journey. And we will see you in our next episode. Stay tuned on our Instagram updates at uh, milo.oclock for further information. Thank you and see you soon. Mm -hmm.